Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus Chews. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we are back, Pharrell, coast to coast on a Wednesday. Carver High in for Scotty here on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Great to have you with us here today, of course. Big holiday weekend coming up. We have a lot to do. And, of course, if we're heading into a football weekend, we have to talk to our man Warren Sharp, of course, Sports Grid's lead NFL analyst, usually Thursdays. But we move it up a day because we got a football triple header tomorrow. We have a game on Friday. We got a full slate on Sunday. Warren, great to see you. As always, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, buddy. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving as well. Shout out to Scott. Hope he's uh, recovering and getting healthy and uh, certainly looking forward to Thanksgiving with the family and breaking down these games with you today because we do have some good action. I think there is a few betting opportunities as well on the board for us for these games tomorrow. Uh, There certainly is, Warren, and I think the one thing that jumped out to me and will, of course, start with the early game in Detroit is obviously unders have been like the betting story of the NFL this year, right? How many unders that we've had, especially in the high-profile primetime games. I like, Warren, that we actually have some high totals and a chance for maybe some high-scoring games on Thursday, and it starts traditionally 1230 East in Detroit with the Lions who are eight and two this year and they have the Packers coming into town. Yeah, look, when these teams met last, uh, Detroit took a 27-3 lead. That game was in Green Bay. Detroit basically then could run out the clock. The Lions didn't throw the ball much in the second half. I'm kind of curious on the short week after Jared Goff threw three interceptions in their last game out on Sunday to the Chicago Bears. Really the only reason that the Bears were in that game. The Bears were the right side, but the Bears were only going to win that game if the Lions committed those turnovers. And certainly they, they, the Lions obliged and Jared Goff, I think, on the first two drives of the game threw an interception. You would have to believe that against a substantially worse run defense here of the Green Bay Packers that has been getting shredded on the ground, that the Detroit Lions are able to come out here and run early and then run late and potentially run late because they're winning this game and winning it comfortably. Uh, I am eager to look at the final injury report for the Green Bay Packers. They have too many players on that injury report for my liking, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I know there's a lot of offensive players that are out, but on the defensive side of the ball, like I want to know, is Devondre Campbell going to play? Because Devondre Campbell, even if he's there, the team has been getting run on. But when he is out, which he missed a few games earlier this year, this splits off on versus uh, the running backs are very bad for the Green Bay Packers run defense. So that's a thing that I'm going to be paying close attention to. Jordan Love has modified the style of offense. I mean, obviously, it's the, it's the head coach and the coordinator. But they've been getting Jordan Love to throw the ball a little bit more controlled, lowered his dot a touch, more completions, higher efficiency passes not as much down the field and that's why we really haven't seen like christian watson do anything you know does that mean poke him with a stick like christian watson where are you uh but wicks might be out for this game as well and that was a player that though he wasn't a starter was actually contributing in a meaningful way for the packers offense in the last several games i don't know who they're going to be handing the ball off to because aaron jones is going to be out for this game And I don't have any confidence in the rest of the stable of their backs. And that's the strength of this Detroit Lions defense is against the run. So I actually do expect Jordan Love even potentially early, but absolutely late to be passing the football a lot in this game. Um, And 
it's going to be interesting to see how close the Packers can keep this one for how long. Uh, but certainly, I think the Lions make a smart teaser leg if you're looking to get your Thanksgiving started. Yeah, there's a couple of teams on Thursday, Warren, that look like uh, smart teaser legs, that's for sure. Uh, as you look at, we welcome in all of our radio affiliates for El Coast to Coast. On a Wednesday, Carver High in for Scotty, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 159, Sports Byline. Great to have you. This We're talking with Warren Sharp, of course, our lead NFL analyst here on Sports Grid. All right, Warren, game number two on Turkey Day, as always, takes us to Dallas, 4.30 p.m. east kick with washington coming into town cowboys warren they've been playing pretty good the last couple weeks especially in the passing game with dak and cd lamb and especially early in games as well let's keep a note on this because in the past the Dallas Cowboys have come out and tried to establish Ezekiel Elliott, right? Like, it's let's get this guy started. He's our franchise back. We're paying him a lot of money. And so we're coming out and running the football. And the Cowboys, at times, struggled to actually jump out to leads quickly. And so they were games were close. They were having to win them a little bit later on in the course of the game. Here they've been coming out, passing the ball, being more aggressive and attacking and trying to build a lead quickly with the understanding and knowledge that when you build a lead, you are more likely to win a game if you're up at halftime. Make your opponent change up what they're doing in the second half. You've got everything available to you. You can pass. You can run. The defense doesn't really know what's coming because you're not in a game state that's forcing you to do a certain one thing. For those reasons, I think the Dallas Cowboys could get out to a faster start here. The only problem is what goes on in Dallas the prior couple of days before the game uh, in terms of festivities and celebrations, something to look into that causes the Cowboys to really struggle and come out in some ways flat on Thanksgiving. They have, they do not have a very good record on Thanksgiving in terms of their ATS record. I believe they're one in 10 in their last 11 games uh, at home on Thanksgiving. So they struggle to actually perform from a spread perspective. When I look at the other side of the ball, Washington is going to have to come out here and do what they do normally because they don't really have very many other options, and that's just drop back and get the ball out quickly. They've modified their approach. If you go back and watch the prior game that Sam Howell played against these guys earlier in the season and, and, and last year, deeper drop backs, they're not really doing that anymore. It's shorter, get the ball out quickly underneath, and uh, – spread the ball around to a variety of targets. We'll attack the tight end here. We'll attack the wide receivers there. Some running back passes as well. So they are getting the ball around. The problem is, is an aggressive pass rush of the Dallas Cowboys. They love to blitz. Sam Howell is typically terrible under pressure. So it's got to be get the ball out super quickly here. Uh, and I actually expect Sam Howell may be going over his passing attempts prop in this game, though. We're not going to be discussing that one later on in the show, but I do have a few props for you guys uh, to discuss later on in this show. I don't see a lot of sharp money coming in here on the Dallas Cowboys, except for a blip today. At one point, I'm expecting a little more Washington Manners money to come in once this gets up to 13, which it very well might do uh, on game day tomorrow. So I look for a little bit of sharper money to come on, come in on the Washington Manners. But above all, I think the Dallas Cowboys have every opportunity to come out and do what they've been doing the last several weeks, and that's put up seven points in the first quarter and put up you know, double digits by the time we get to halftime and force Washington to start chasing them. And I expect that to happen. I think Washington will be able to chase to some extent. I expect this game to go over the first half total. I dabbled a little bit there when it was at 24. And uh, and then I will have a few props for this one as well. Uh, one and 11, Warren, in their last 12 against the spread uh, at home on Thanksgiving Day for the Cowboys. And Not I can I, I get it completely with Washington Love potentially. On the road this year, they've actually been okay. Now, they have a bunch of outright wins in Denver and New England and Atlanta. They've covered in Philly and in Seattle. So they have actually shown up on the road once or twice. All right, we have a lot more to do, Warren. We will go through Seattle and San Francisco at night. Like you said, you got some props in the lion's share coming up in a couple segments. For El Coast to Coast on a Wednesday, Carver High in for Scotty. Warren Sharp is with us. We keep rolling. Sports Grid, Sports Grid Radio, right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NextGuard Plus 
Afoxiloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we're back for El Coast to Coast on a Wednesday. Carver High in for Scotty here on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Great to have everybody with us today. We have Warren Sharp with us right now, heading into the big holiday football weekend. Sports Grid's lead NFL analyst. All right, Warren, the nightcap for Turkey Day tomorrow has us in Seattle. Niners and the Seahawks. Big game for Seattle, especially. I didn't realize this until I was looking before, Warren. Look at this stretch. I mean, Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Eagles over the next four weeks uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. And it starts with a tough one here at home against the Niners. It's a brutal stretch and it's even more brutal because they're going to be playing this week with either a not 100% Geno Smith or Drew Locke. And I can tell you, although giving Drew Locke a few days to prepare may look a little bit different than what he trotted out there on the field in reserve for Geno for a few drives, there is no hope for the Seattle Seahawks if Drew Locke is the guy. This guy is one of the worst backup quarterbacks that we are seeing in the NFL. Um, just the, uh, you know, IDGAF type attitude and the way that this guy plays the game and just chucking the ball down the field and the conservative nature of their early down play calling when he's in there, just not going to bode very well for the Seattle Seahawks. The problem is I don't know that Geno Smith is anywhere close to 100%. The game is tomorrow. The game is at home at least for him, but He's coming into this one. I mean, he said his practice today was t difficult. His practice yesterday was terrible. Um, he's still hurting a ton. It's going to affect, because it's a bruise, it's a deep bruise that's not going to get cleared up in like a, a day or so. It's going to affect his ability to have the freedom in his range of motion and his throwing to hit those deeper outside targets to the perimeter, especially to his left as they're driving the length of the field. And these are passes that typically you would need to hit against the San Francisco 49ers to have some success. The 49ers' weakness defensively is perimeter passes down the field. Um, they are dealing with the loss of Hufanga at safety. That's a big loss that they're going to have to overcome. But Geno Smith just has not done well against the way that the 49ers are playing defense and the fact that he's not at 100% right now, the fact that they're also down their number one running back and, you know, we like Zach Charbonnet. He's produced some nice runs from time to time. Is he going to be able to handle the full workload and still be as effective? And then what happens when they have to go to the third string running back? Because you don't necessarily want Geno Smith to be dropping back the pass frequently here against this Niners pass rush with already an injured arm, a throwing arm. And then you also couple that with the fact that Look, this team is going to be in a situation probably where they're playing a little bit from behind if the point spread is any indication. Um, on the other side of the ball, I think that the 49ers offense with Brock Purdy should have some success here. If you look at where the Seahawks have been good defensively this season, it has been primarily against wide receivers. Well, okay, so maybe Ayuk's numbers could potentially be down a little bit, but Purdy has been great against the style of defense that the Seahawks play. And secondly, the Seahawks rank bottom six in both yards per attempt allowed to tight ends and yards per attempt allowed to running backs. Well, guess what the 49ers do a ton of? They throw to George Kittle. They throw to Christian McCaffrey. They utilize Debo Samuel like a running back at times. They don't have to use him as a wide receiver. There's just a lot of ways that I think the 49ers are going to be able to get uh, the ball into the playmaker's hands, get that yards after the catch, and have some success against the Seahawks defense, which we have seen when good offenses have 
gone to Seattle or even when Seattle's gone to play them, they tend to hang up numbers on this defense. So this defense might be a little bit overrated as opposed to what we've been expecting. Yeah, I think you said it all at the beginning, Warren. If Drew Locke's going to be in this game, that's a tough, tough sell. Uh, if you're looking to back the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow night. Friday, that's right, Friday, Warren. For the first time ever, a Black Friday NFL game, 3 o'clock East at MetLife for the Jets and the Dolphins. And I, if you're excited about Drew Locke, I'm guessing you're really excited about Tim Boyle. Warren, uh, for Friday afternoon. Yeah, this is another, uh, we're getting some Christmas presents early. We don't know what's going to be inside. What is it like the white elephant gift? Like, you don't know what's going to happen when you open this thing. When he trots out onto the field, we could get good, bad, uh, unrecognizable, you know, college level. We're not sure what we're going to get. Now, the good only goes to a certain degree because they don't have an offensive line. I mean, who is actually going to be blocking for him? It's just the worst combination of a quarterback who probably should not even be in the NFL right now if we're being realistic. There's no way that this guy should be starting at this stage uh, in his career. He's a He's a journeyman that never plays. Like, he's not even a clipboard holder uh, journeyman who's getting paid a lot of money. He he went to the Green Bay Packers because they prioritize smart quarterbacks, not because he actually has a skill set that is highly coveted by NFL teams. And then he just, Nathaniel Hackett was like, hey, come along here. You'll be our third-string quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson. And lo and behold, now, we're week 12 against the Miami Dolphins on Black Friday, and now you're going to be starting the game for us. And by the way, your line, your linemen, they're all resting at home eating turkey. None of them are going to be able to play for you. So the, the backups are in here. It's going to be a tough situation for the New York Jets. All of that said, all of that said, 10's a pretty high number for the Miami Dolphins that are playing very good defense right now. If you look at that game last week they played against the Raiders, I know a lot of people – Myself included, thought that the game was going to be a lopsided you know, affair in favor of the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins actually shot themselves in, a, in their foot time and time again. I got really lucky. Normally, I would never tease down a 13.5-point favorite to 6.5, but I decided to do that and ended up getting lucky on a teaser like last week, winning my teaser bet. I've, that's the first time I've done something like that in, in, in years. Uh, but I also would never have come in the front door and laid all those points with the Miami Dolphins, even though I didn't think the game was going to be competitive. That said, they had, uh, if I'm looking at my data here, Fumble, fumble, interception, turnover, downs, and missed field goal in the first nine drives of the game. They didn't have a single punt. They were scoring a couple touchdowns. Then they were just having all these self-inflicted wounds against the Raiders' defense. Uh, they do stand to go up against a more difficult defense here in the New York Jets, but I, I still expect that the Miami Dolphins are going to do enough to get theirs. I have no feel on the total of this game, on the side of this game, because it's all contingent upon whether Tim Boyle self-implodes or not. But... I do think that at the end of the day, Miami walks away from New York with a victory in the first ever Black Friday game. I just don't really know how many points it's it's going to be by, and I have no interest in betting it as a result. Might throw the Dolphins into a few money line parlays, but that's about it. I'm with you on that, Warren. That's for sure. All right, let's go to Sunday now, uh, and we'll squeeze in one here. The Saints and the Falcons. Big game in the NFC South. You wouldn't think at five and five and four and six, but a massive game, Warren, for these two teams coming off the bye. It is. It's also a massive, I think, uh, disappointment from a coaching perspective. These two guys, uh, I don't trust their head coaches. I don't trust the the style of offense that they're going to play. I, we assume. I think right now it's going to be Derek Carr. Uh, as he's recovering from a shoulder and the concussion that he sustained in his last game out, had the bye week to rest up and prepare for this one. We're going to be going back to Desmond Ritter for the Atlanta Falcons. I hope Desmond Ritter runs the football a little bit more here, sticks to the ground. Teams have had a little bit of success running the ball with their quarterbacks against the Saints defense. So take it where you can get it if you're the Atlanta Falcons. I have a future on the Falcons here. So this is a big game for me. That's why I probably aren't, am not going to have any actual action on the side of the total on this one i'm just rooting for the falcons to walk away with a victory as like a the rare instance where i'll simply be a fan hoping for an outcome uh, without actually any money invested on this particular game this is because i need it for the falcons win total which i mean they talk about the team shooting themselves in the foot they build leads they they, they get rid of the leads too quickly uh they don't 
they aren't aggressive enough early enough in games to build these in other cases. I just, this team is just one of the most frustrating teams for me uh, from what my preseason expectations were to where I see them right now. Yeah, I'm with you, Warren. I have two uh, NFC South uh, tickets for the Falcons at plus 230 and plus 215. So I'm hoping that they can win this game <laughs> as well. All right, Pharrell Coast to Coast. We'll come back with Warren Sharp. We got the Lions share coming up next. More games for Sunday. Pharrell Coast to Coast. Carver High and for Scotty. We're back on the grid right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, Trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is a whole new jungle. This is The Lion's Share, brought to you by BetMGM. And we are back for El Coast to Coast on a Wednesday. Carver High in for Scotty here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid Radio. BetMGM has you ready for Black Friday. That's right. They have Black Friday SGP boost token. This is only available till kickoff. On Friday, which is 3 p.m. East, uh, BetMGM account owners holders will receive a 50% Pro Football SGP Parlay Boost token, minimum of three legs, minimum of plus 400 odds, and a maximum stake of $10. You just got to log in to your BetMGM Sportsbook account, use the same game Parlay Boost token, add a same game Parlay wager with those parameters we just talked about, and activate the token on your slip. If you win your wager, that was made with the same game Parlay Boost token, you will receive 50 percent extra winnings in unrestricted bonus bets bet mgm black friday sgp boost token speaking of bet mgm of course we have the lion's share brought to you by bet mgm and we have warren sharp with us our lead nfl analyst here on sports grid all right warren let's start with a prop for tomorrow lions and packers the first game yeah, let's get the day started, and I think we're going to be going over Jameer Gibbs' longest rush attempt at 13 and a half yards. Look, I talked to you about before, the Green Bay Packers, the run defense stuffers. Even if Devon Campbell is there, I still think we're going to be going over this number. If you look at what Gibbs has been doing, he's hit this in four straight games. He's hit this in six of eight that he's played this season, and in every single game that he's had at least nine rushing attempts, he's had a run of at least 14 yards. Certainly, I expect him to have more than nine rushing attempts. I think whether it's by game script or just by the way that you attack the Green Bay Packers here, we're going to have a lot of attempts from both David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. And when you look at the Green Bay Packers and what they've allowed, especially from this explosive rushing perspective, they've allowed three running backs to go over a longest rushing attempt of 14-plus yards. Three running backs in the last two weeks. They've allowed 
nine running backs to do it in their last seven games. Jameer is the more explosive running back of the Detroit Lions. It wouldn't shock me if both of these guys get over 13 and a half in terms of longest rush, but the prop for David Montgomery is several yards higher. I prefer the explosiveness of Jameer Gibbs looking to, you know, really make a name for himself here on the stage. Thanksgiving, his first Thanksgiving game as a Detroit Lion. I think they're going to have some interesting runs for him, some well-designed things that are going to catch the Packers. I think he goes over. Next, we will go to Sunday and the Broncos. The Broncos, Warren, back in the mix. Four wins in a row, five and five. Russell Wilson, Sean Payton making it happen, but they have Cleveland in town this week for Russ. Yeah, and speaking of making it happen, last week the uh, Detroit Lions, sorry, the Denver Broncos had to make it happen through the air with Russell Wilson as they were coming from behind against the Minnesota Vikings. And that's the reason why he threw for 259 passing yards. But I'm looking to go under his passing yards prop this week. I actually finally just see some numbers out there. I'm seeing 199 and a half. I was guessing it was going to be somewhere right around 200 yards. That's why it's up on the graphic as such. I was close. It's 199 and a half. I'm looking to go under that number here. Um, if you look at Russ, prior to last week's game, the last time that he went over and had 200-plus yards was week four against the Chicago Bears, who have a great run defense and you want to attack them through the air. This Cleveland Browns team is the exact opposite. Cleveland Browns, they're good through the air. They're good on the ground, but they can be run on a little bit from some explosive runs that are gaining some yardage. But they're absolutely going to present some problems for Russell Wilson uh, getting after him from a pass rush perspective and the style of defense that Jim Schwartz plays behind it. In addition, Russell Wilson throws the fifth highest rate of passes 20-plus yards down the field. But the Cleveland Browns on the season have allowed, I want to say, just six completions 20-plus yards down the field. So it's, it's one of the highest rates of uh, incompletions that a defense allows on deep passes do the Cleveland Browns possess. So I don't think we're going to get any of these like chunk gains here that Russ sometimes gets down the field. Maybe one. Hopefully it's not enough to get over this number. Um I still think that they're going to struggle to get enough yards here through the air. And also, think about it. Sean Payton is going to play this game close, run the football a fair amount. They're not going to want to risk anything. Russ threw, I think, an interception last week. They're going to want to keep things cool and calm and just try to win a game against DTR playing on the road. Uh, I think that the Russell Wilson under 199.5 is a good look here. Yeah, I mean, other than the Cleveland game that they played in Indianapolis, which was crazy, like every Brown game, is low scoring, close to the vest, uh, you know, a grind into the fourth quarter. So we could absolutely see that again. Big game in the AFC South, Warren, believe it or not. First place on the line in Houston, Jaguars and Texans. Jaguars have not lost on the road yet this year. They haven't, but this is going to be a real tough challenge for them. Not only are the stakes enormous here, but if you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, a couple of weeks ago, they went up against the San Francisco 49ers. They obviously got demolished in that game, in large part because the pass rush of the 49ers is so good that they were getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence, and he's been melting under pressure uh, like an ice cube in the, in the uh, Arizona desert left out on somebody's driveway. But we are now in a situation down in Houston where they don't get nearly as much pressure. But the reason I brought up that 49ers game is because Bobby Slowick used to coach at the 49ers. He comes from the 49ers along with D'Amico Ryans. But Bobby Slowick saw what the offense of that 49ers did against this Jags defense just two weeks ago to have so much success. And what do the, both teams possess that's in common? They both possess the ability to play a lot of two-back sets, 21 personnel. The uh, 49ers use it at the highest rate in the NFL. The Texans use it at the third highest rate in the NFL. And because of that, I think the Baltimore Ravens are the other team in there in the top three. Because of that, we are going to see some opportunities because this defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars is terrible. They're bottom five defending passes and runs out of 21 personnel. So I think the Texans offense is going to have some success here. And then on the flip side, I mentioned Trevor Lawrence melting under pressure. Well, guess what? This Texans defense since the last half of the season, I think since week six is where I ran it, 
they only rank about 17th in getting pressure on opposing teams. And it looks like the Jacksonville Jaguars are coming together with a better offensive game plan. They're pushing the ball further down the field. Trevor Lawrence, I think they finally said his knee is feeling a little bit better here. All these things combined together to me to think that that game in the early part of the season where the Texans won 37-17, to that might be similar to the final type of score we get in this one from a total perspective, which is why I like the over in this game. Now, I, fortunately for the listeners, I was the one who bet it and my group moved it. That's why you don't see 47s anymore. That's why it's 48 and a half because of us. We're to blame on Monday for doing that. But I still see a little bit of value here. I would wait, however, to see if we get a touch of under money, maybe get a 48. That's probably the number I would be looking for to grab. But I think we're going to see a back and forth affair here with two teams desperate to win this game and two coaches, especially Doug Peterson. He's going to be highly aggressive going forward if he's down, uh, which is great if you're taking an over. You want coaches around midfielder so to be going for it. You don't want any coaches to be punting and pinning. That's terrible for an over. So I think Doug Peterson's style of coaching is going to lend itself to an over. He's also averaging 29 points in divisional rematch games with the Jacksonville Jaguars since he became head coach. I like it, Warren. Let's get some points in Houston on Sunday. Sunday night game is in Los Angeles this week. Ravens and the Chargers. Ravens right now, the number one seed in the AFC after the Chiefs lost the other night. And you have on the other side, the Chargers, who, man, you watched Staley these last couple weeks, Warren. I mean, that guy, he knows. He can feel it uh, in these post-game press conferences that he could be the next guy that gets chopped this year. He should feel it. I mean, and and the fact he's lashing out at reporters, I I understand he's frustrated. He should be pointing that, not a finger out at the crowd, but look at that thumb that's pointing back at him. He's to blame for this, in my opinion. It's not reporters asking the questions. It's him, his defense for years, and that's where I'm attacking in this one. Um, When I look at this team, When you look at them on paper, the defense of the Chargers, they look bad against the pass, and they look about league average against the run. I think that's Fugazi. I don't think their run defense is league average. If you look at the teams they've gone up against that rank in the top third, they've only played three of them, and I'm throwing out the Chicago Bears simply because Tyson Bagent was the quarterback. They were down 17 to nothing in that game. It was his first road game uh, starting his career, and they couldn't run the ball when they're losing 17 to nothing early in that one. So forgive me, I'm pushing that one off to the side. The other three games that they played against teams that are top third in rushing efficiency, they gave up 36 points to the Dolphins, 41 points to the Lions, and 27 points to the Houston Texans. And in those games, they allowed... 5.9 yards per carry, 44% success rate, plus 0.17 EPA per attempt, and above all, they allowed 4.2 yards after contact per rush. I mean, this run defense, now they're without Bosa. I think they're going to get manhandled in the trenches by the Ravens that are going to need to be running the ball here and getting something established on the ground because we know that Mark Andrews is not playing in this game. Mark Andrews is going to be out. Um, I am not expecting a lot of the sharper groups to be looking towards the Baltimore Ravens. They're going to see the value of the Chargers at home. They were catching four points, four and a half. You could still get them at three and a half right now. I'm not necessarily looking to lay it with the Baltimore Ravens, but I absolutely think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to have success early in this game on the ground and surprise people by the way that they're able to move the ball and cut and knife through this Chargers run defense. And I'm interested to hear what Staley chooses to blame after his run defense gets destroyed by the Baltimore Ravens. There's only so many times you can blame. I mean, it is crazy uh, him blaming. It's not the defense's fault. It's not this. Uh, He's the next guy, Warren. I could just feel it. Uh, Somebody's going to get chopped next this year in the head coaching ranks. And Staley would be my bet. All right, for all coast to coast on a Wednesday, Carver High in for Scotty. Warren Sharp is with us, our lead NFL analyst. We'll come back, rip through all the other games on Sunday, including maybe a new offense for the Steelers with Matt Canada gone. We're back on the grid right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. 
That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back for El Costa Coast on a Wednesday. Carver High in for Scotty here on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Great to have you with us. Of course, great to have Warren Sharp with us this hour as well. Our Sports Grid lead NFL analyst going through all the games here for week number 12, Thanksgiving holiday weekend style. All right, Warren, everybody in Pittsburgh was waiting and waiting and waiting for Matt Canada to finally be shown the door, and Mike Tomlin did that earlier this week. They will be in Cincinnati against now Jake Browning and the Bengals. What do we got here? Well, we still got a mess at the uh, play calling perspective for me for the Pittsburgh Steelers because it seems like they took a lot of the power and just divided it up amongst among 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 a bunch of people. And I don't really know exactly who is going to be doing what they're offensively for this team. So I'm taking a wait-and-see approach. I'm not expecting all of a sudden we're going to see a big outburst of offensive efficiency. Uh, I do think it was the right move. It was warranted. It was necessary. It was deserved. But I don't know this instantly going to result in points here on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, like you mentioned, Jake Browning, there's a lot to be asked here for what we're going to get out of this offense as well. Um, you do have a Steelers defense that can get pressure. When they get pressure, they make it count. I was happy because I was on the over when they played the Ravens and the Bengals the last game out that Browning came in and did enough. You know, he looked okay He is in the mop-up role. But there's a big difference between going up against the number ones in the defense and having a full week of them preparing for you to what he did the last game out here for the Bengals. Um, I think it's going to be interesting and fascinating to see, but it's not something I'm going to put my money on week one. We have a lot of big games this week, Warren. Of course, as you get late into the season, you want big games. But the other side of the coin when you get late in the season is you get a couple games like this. Carolina into Tennessee against the Titans, Bryce Young and Will Levis. Of course, a couple quarterbacks from this draft class. Yeah, this is tough. Um, another game where you've got some younger quarterbacks, less experienced quarterbacks. Um, not really a game that I have focused on because there's too much erratic opportunity here from both of these offenses. I'm not really sure what to get. I was not happy with the offense of the Carolina Panthers. They did make the move. Frank Reich took back play calling. Uh, they didn't look good with him calling plays before. They didn't look good in their limited game sample, albeit against the Dallas Cowboys last week. So I don't know what to make of the Carolina Panthers offense and what they're going to be able to deliver here. You're going to need to pass the football. Bryce Young's going to have to move it down the field through the air against this Tennessee Titans defense who is stout against the run. And on the flip side, I mean, Will Levis, the, the book is obviously out on him, right? What, what he's good at, what he's bad at, a little flash in the pan that we saw when he first was starting a couple of games. Uh, we haven't seen that since, and they haven't had a lot of opportunities to connect on some of these passes deeper down the field, except for like a trick play. They got the DeAndre Hopkins towards the end of that game. I don't really have a lot of confidence in his ability to matriculate the ball down the field with any level of consistency, even against a team like the Carolina Panthers. So this game's a stay away from me. Definitely, like you said, one of the uglier games on the slate. A uh, quick sidebar on Tennessee I wanted to ask you, Warren. What you've seen from Derrick Henry this year, do you put that as just a deterioration of an older running back, which happens to all of them eventually in the NFL? Or is there some 
misuse of the way the Titans used him this year? Is the line not as good? Is, why is Henry falling off the map? It's, it's all of the above. You hit the nail on the head with the misuse, but the misuse has been occurring for years now. Uh, this is a team with Mike Vrabel. I mean, I understand Derrick Henry has delivered great years and has hit for fantasy players for years. So who am I to say this is the wrong way to use him? But if you're trying to win games in an efficient manner, running him out the gates on first and second down repeatedly in the first quarter of these games where the defense knows exactly what's coming. They know that you run the football at a high rate on these downs. They stack the box against you and you're running into loaded boxes and that's why Derrick Henry wasn't gaining anything and towards the second part of the game that's when they start gaining things you can look at how frequently they utilize play action and when the play action is most effective when they lean into it more it's not even in the first quarter which it could be because you and I both know Carver that the run game is established the moment Derrick Henry is announced as the starting running back for this team you don't have to actually hand the ball off to him to say we could come out on the very first play of the game and stick the ball into his belly and pull it back out the defense is going to come up to the line of scrimmage trying to stop Derrick Henry that first play. You don't have to actually establish the run. So it's that. It's the offensive line. It is the fact that he's unfortunately getting a little bit older. Uh, you know, that happens to all of us, unfortunately. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks back-to-back weeks on the road. A loss in San Francisco last week. They are in Indy this week. Still alive in the South. They're only a game out at 4-6 and six because of how bad the division is. Colts off of a bye, Warren. Yeah, I, I think this is a big coaching mismatch. Uh, I hate the coaching of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I hate the way that they run the football. I hate the my, uh, defensive-minded nature of this squad in general, how it seeps into the offense and spreads like a virus and gets them very conservative in nature because I do think they should be opening it up and they've got a great opportunity to pass the ball all around against this Colts defense where their weaknesses against the pass and you need to be coming out here and throwing the ball early and often on the Indianapolis Colts defense but I don't know that they're going to be coming out and doing that from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then on the flip side I mean I think that the coaching staff of the Indianapolis Colts has done a great job they were off of a bye like they didn't score a lot last week up in uh, or two weeks ago against the New England Patriots that's to be expected over in Germany. I mean, what are you what are you going to expect? You think they're going to come out there against Bill Belichick's squad that's playing defense and running the football and trying to do anything it can to make Mac Jones not lose in the game and unfortunately fail in a miserable fashion late in the game? Uh, they're not going to be trying to come out here and uh, get, have a ton of offensive success. I don't know the status of Josh Downs yet. Let's see if he's going to be available to them because he's been a very key component here. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary, they lost some players there. They're a little bit weaker due to injury. I think there's a sneaky opportunity for this game to have some points. Uh, but that being said, like we're going to have to get the uh, offensive coaching staff of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to actually come out and throw the football. And I don't think that they're willing to do that. We've had a lot of classic giant Patriot games over the last 15 to 20 years, Warren. Eli Manning, Tom Brady, you're not going to get that at the Meadowlands this Sunday with the Giants and the Patriots? No. Uh, Tommy DeVito, definitely a step down from what we've seen in this contest prior years in terms of quarterback play. But you look on the other side, uh, who is actually going to be starting for the New England Patriots? We don't know that yet. You know, it's a mystery. When it, when you they say you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Well, when you have no quarterbacks, you have none. The Patriots aren't willing to tell us who their quarterback is. They don't have any confidence in their quarterbacks right now. Uh, I don't have confidence in their coaching staff right now either. The only thing I do have some level of confidence in is their defense, but they're definitely injured. But their defense is the best component to the New England Patriots. But should they be laying points on the road against Tommy DeVito? The, this offense really opened things up for DeVito last week. And it's to be expected, you know, you got a guy who's not an NFL starter, not an NFL backup caliber player coming in. Of course, you're going to be conservative as heck the first few games that he's in there. Eventually, you're just like, what the hell, kid? Go, go, throw, run the ball, throw the ball. He, he's, I mean, it's a... It's a great opportunity. You stick the guy in like a Petri dish. He's getting whacked. He's getting sacked. He's getting destroyed. He's chucking the ball down the field. I mean, it's not pretty, but something is happening, right? At least they're not just coming out here and running the ball a billion times a game uh, right now, which is what they were doing when he first started. So I'll take that over anything else. I don't think the Patriots should be laying this many points. If anything, I'm looking towards the New York Giants here, but boy, it's tough. It's very tough uh, with Tommy DeVito. Uh, you mentioned a lot already with Russell Wilson in this Denver and Cleveland matchup. Anything else for the Browns and the Broncos on Sunday? No. Um, 
I think that this game is going to be played tight to the vest. Uh, both teams suddenly think that they have an opportunity. I mean, the Browns have had an opportunity for a little bit longer, but they're without Deshaun Watson here. So trying to trying to hang on to it by a thread, uh, doing everything, including desperately signing Joe Flacco to the roster, see what he might be able to bring to the squad, which is probably nothing, but hey, might be better than uh, what they're getting currently. Although I, I love the upside of DTR. Um, it's just a difficult game for him on the road against this Denver Broncos defense, which is very opportunistic, but which can be run on a little bit. So I do think that the Browns keep it on the ground and have some success with their backup running backs. Warren, as someone that's holding a Arizona Cardinals under four and a half wins ticket, I'm just slightly a little nervous of the way that Kyler Murray's played the last couple weeks. I think he's been pretty decent coming back from the injury. They've been in these games. He has been. He's been impressive to me. I've been excited to watch him play. Um, I thought that they had more points than they left on the field in last week's game, but I'm excited to see him continue to play here. This Arizona Cardinals team is definitely a, a spunky bunch. They're an upstart team. Uh, they have some flashes defensively, but more than anything, it's just fun to watch Kyler Murray run around back there. Missed him last year. Uh, missed him earlier this year. You know, what he can deliver to you on the ground in terms of his escapability. As I said on last week's show, it's rare that at this point in the year he's actually healthy. And so that definitely brings a different dynamic element, just like Justin Fields brings to the Chicago Bears. Uh, it extends plays. It creates plays. It turns third downs into first downs. It's absolutely fun to watch him out there, and I'm excited to see him again. The Kansas City Chiefs off the loss at home Monday night to the Eagles, laying over a touchdown on the road in Vegas against the Raiders, who have been pretty spunky themselves since uh, Antonio Pierce took over as interim coach. They have been. They're battling. They're playing really solid defense, which is, I think, the more surprising aspect of this team. You know, you're not going to get a whole lot out of the offense. They're going to try to run the football. Uh, we saw that the Philadelphia Eagles had a little bit of success running the football, so I would expect that Josh Jacobs will be the focal point of the offensive attack here for the Raiders. But I'm looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and they're obviously very desperate. Backs up against the wall. It took a little bit of Raiders money. It's to be expected. I, I think the Raiders are going to struggle. I think we're going to get a very fiery output here from the Chiefs' defense. I think the Chiefs' defense are going to have a great opportunity to really lock this team up and uh, force the Raiders into a lot of punts. I absolutely expect a lot of punts here. Take the over on punts for the, for the Raiders team if you see that prop out there. But I think this is a little bit of a lower-scoring game uh, that the Raiders get bottled up in. Warren, I was upset that I was off last week because I really wanted to be here to hear you shred Sean McDermott, uh, especially after he fired Ken Dorsey. I thought you did a tremendous job with that last week. Bill's offense did look a little different against the Jets. Brady's put in some more motions with the running backs, some new wrinkles, and the offense busted out. This week, they're in Philadelphia against the Eagles. Yeah, this game is fascinating. I think Joe Brady did a pretty good job his first week out. And the key for this one is, can you now adapt your offense to attack the weakness of the Philadelphia Eagles? Because we know the Eagles are much better against the run than they are against the pass. If it wasn't for a ton of dropped passes by the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs probably win that game. Their receivers aren't good enough. The Bills receivers are good enough. And Josh Allen is good enough. And this offensive line may get overpowered at times in the trenches. Josh Allen's going to have to be on his heels. He's going to have to escape, going to have to create with his legs a little bit, maybe go over his rushing yards prop here if you're going to try to win this game and get your season back on track. But I think there's avenues here for the Buffalo Bills offense to have success is then going to come on to their defense. They're better at stopping the run than they are against the pass. Who actually returns from injury? Pay close attention to the injury report for the Buffalo Bills. Their defense, especially the back half, is in shambles. Who are they actually going to get back for this game? That's going to determine and I think the outcome. Yeah, right now, Bills have a couple of their cornerbacks uh, in concussion protocol, so we'll see if they can get them back for Sunday. All right, Pharrell Coast to Coast here on a Wednesday. We will come back, wrap things up with Warren with the Monday night game. More primetime bear games against the Vikings. We're back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus Chews. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Um... And we are back for El Coast to Coast on a Wednesday. Carver High in for Scotty here on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Great to have you with us. We have Warren Sharp with us for one last quick segment here. Sports Grid's lead NFL analyst. And we will discuss Monday Night Football. Yes, more Chicago Bears. I think this is the last time. I'm pretty sure the last time you get the Bears in primetime this season. Justin Fields, Josh Dobbs. And I guess, Warren, the thing we got to look at is what are we at? 11 out of 12 Monday night games have gone to the under now uh, this year after the Chiefs and the Eagles the other night. Lots of unders. Yeah, lots of unders, and I don't see a reason for that to change here. I think the Bears' run defense has been absolutely solid, surprising a lot of people. I don't know that the Vikings are going to have a lot of success on the ground. Josh Dobbs is an extremely hit-or-miss quarterback. Sometimes he's throwing the ball off platform, you know, hitting his target dead on, and sometimes he's you know throwing the ball into the dirt to a wide-open guy where he's got a clean pocket. So you never really know what you're going to get from him, but I do know that what we're going to get when the Vikings have the ball is a, or when the Bears have the ball is a lot of blitzes from the Minnesota Vikings, though Justin Fields has been very good against the blitz in his career and i'm excited to actually hard to say this but see what he's going to do offensively here against this brian flores defense because i think it's going to be pretty entertaining to watch what he does when he's being blitzed he's he's been outstanding in his career surprising uh when you look at the numbers so I think this game's going to be exciting. The Minnesota Vikings have had the Bears numbers recently, but most of those games were with Kirk Cousins. So I just can't wait to see what we get on Monday night. I don't think it's going to be super exciting. There might be a few punts here, but uh, I'm excited to see the outcome. I probably lean a little bit to the dog, but I do want to see a few minutes here of, of the rest of my time and just say, everybody out there, happy Thanksgiving. Take the time that you can. It's a precious commodity. Spend it with your family. Spend it with your loved ones. Uh, connect a little bit over the holiday. And above all, enjoy these games and win a little bit of money betting on them too. Warren, tremendous job as always. Well said. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. I will see you next week uh, back here on C2C as Scotty continues to be on the men. Thanks as always, Warren. We'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus chews. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.